Nice to see you, everyone. Welcome to the superhero episode of Does It Suck? I'm Sam. I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Stefan. Uh, and we're doing our first superhero film, and it's Batman and Robin. Woo! Hey! The, the, I think the genesis of this episode came about because we, were, we had saw Batman vs. Superman, and I was reading about it, and it said Batman vs. Superman is the second worst-reviewed Batman film. And I thought, what could be a worse Batman film than Batman vs. Superman? And apparently, everybody thinks it's Batman and Robin. And obviously, they're wrong. So <laughs> I just I, and you that's know, why we're here. And that's why we're here is is to take another look at 1997's Batman and Robin, starring George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Alicia Silverstone, and Uma Thurman, and Uma that's Thurman. True. God bless Uma Thurman. I can't believe I forgot her. Yeah. So Batman and Robin, directed by Joel Schumacher, uh, follows our favorite caped crusaders, Batman and Robin, as they defend Gotham City from. Uh, Mr. Freeze, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who, through a freak accident, has to be encased in a cryogenic suit uh, and and steals and is stealing several diamonds because it powers that suit. The second main villain is Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman, who is a paleontologist, biologist? I think paleontologist is dinosaurs. Yeah, oh. <laughs> if only she was a paleontologist. <laughs> Uh, so in that case, she's a botanist. botanist. Botanist, yeah, that's the one. And through a similar freak accident, becomes plant-like and even sexier. Mm. <laughs> uh, but don't forget about Bane, who also makes an appearance in this movie, um, but doesn't have a whole lot of substance because mostly just grunts. So Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy team up together to try and destroy Gotham for different reasons that get more complicated and less clear. And uh, George Clooney as Batman and his sidekick Robin, uh, despite their personal sexual tension, (laughs) uh, have to come together and defeat the the two main villains. With the help of Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. This was the first... Batman to feature George Clooney, first and only Batman to feature George Clooney as Batman, uh, and he was cast after Val Kilmer either left the movie, was fired, or just had a scheduling conflict. There's kind of a lot of, uh, it seems like there's some ambiguity about what happened. The, the, so the one <laughs> thing about uh, the Val Kilmer mm. juicy gossipness is that uh, him and Joel Schumacher were not on speaking terms by the end of mm-hmm. Batman Forever. Oh. They literally had like translators on set to like go betweens <laughs> for Joel Schumacher and Val Kilmer. And judging from from Val Kilmer's later movies, the problems probably stemmed from Val Kilmer and not <laughs> Joel Schumacher. <laughs> so that seems safe to say. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Val Kilmer did a one man show. <laughs> as Mark Twain because nobody would want to be in a show <laughs> with Val Kilmer 
Although I did read actually that uh, Joel Sh- Schumacher really wanted Billy Baldwin to play the role mm. first. I didn't say anything about that because I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Alec Baldwin's lesser known brother. Wait, really? Why would he want that person? He's, he's not even the second most famous Baldwin. Yeah, Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Right? He's, yeah. Billy Baldwin is the third Baldwin on the, the Baldwin chain. Yeah. So I don't know what Billy Baldwin had done to make Joel Schumacher want him, but nevertheless. Chris O'Donnell did reprise his role as Robin. I don't have anything else and to say about that. And then immediately disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever heard from him ever yeah. again. And no one cared. Yeah. The, the thing is, the, there were a few, ri- the, the two rising stars who survived this movie were Uma Thurman and George Clooney. Mm-hmm. This movie, despite being just trashed by critics and the general populace, did not did nothing to stop the Clooney juggernaut that was <laughs> just beginning to gain steam. Mm. Unlike... The career of Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone <laughs> definitely did not help them, unfortunately. Uh, and obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger was already kind of around. I think he, I think he made a lot of money to be in this he movie. He paid twenty-five million. Yeah, he to did, be in this movie. I mean, you spend six hours in the makeup chair every day. I, I yeah. You I would it. need <laughs> a couple double-digit million. Uh, I mean, that being said, for $25 million, I would spend six hours in a makeup chair every day. I, think. I certainly would do yeah. that. Yeah. I would do just terrible, terrible, <laughs> despicable things for $25 million. So if anybody out there has <laughs> a dirty deed needs to be done... It has $25 million. <laughs> find me on Facebook. Uh, anyway, boy, boy it, did this sidetrack yeah, us. Uh, well, <laughs> if... So if it wasn't if it wasn't clear from our this is snow laughing matter guys, <laughs> I'm not gonna put up with this Sam if you keep that up. Batman and Robin was not a critically well received film for many reasons. Critics felt it was it was too campy. The characters weren't well developed. People didn't like all the ice puns. There are a ton of ice puns in there, and for some reason people didn't find them as funny as I do. I really I think. Maybe eighty percent of Arnold Schwarzenegger's dialogue was a pun of some kind, mm-hmm. and in fact, it might even be more that I just didn't notice. But anyway, yeah, the, this film critically was was pretty trashed, uh, and is the reason why there wasn't uh, another Batman film made in this iteration. Because there was even they were even in development, and Joel Schumacher was signed on to direct another one, which was then of course immediately squashed after the horrible box office performance of this one. Yeah, the, the film only made back its money because of international ticket sales. So as Sam said, in the age of Batman versus Superman, we wanted to look back at this film and see if it was as bad as everyone said it was. Is that too? Uh, wait, no, no, no. I'm trying to find think of an ice uh, <laughs> think of an ice pun for this. Uh, I guess we'll find no. <laughs> okay, okay, what a. Um, let's snow! <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, thank you, Chris. Nipples. But. but. Wow, this is penis. so erotic. More but. Again. More penis. Wow, that. Whoa. Yeah, that really. The first shot of the movie was of his butt, I think. I think that's why, you know, this movie was like a little too homoerotic for the 90s. I, I'd say the best thing uh, George Clooney is going for him is that he definitely has the chin to be Batman. Oh, Some yeah. Some people do not have the chin. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I think Ben Affleck definitely has the chin. Oh, he has more than enough chin. <laughs> he has too much chin. Too much. The Iceman coming. All right. <laughs> there actually might be more skating in this movie than there is in Xanadu. <laughs> oh, wow. The choreography's better than Xanadu. <laughs> um, I like the idea that this... Uh, theme of this podcast is just that we compare this to Xanadu <laughs> like as though they are relevant comparisons yeah. wow is that CG like that's not that bad yeah this, I really like this effect actually yeah. so it's, al- it's almost like Tim Burton-esque in like the sort of weirdness of the animation which makes sense Going off of the first films. Mm. So far, I'm digging this lighting. Mm-hmm. How convenient that her clothes got all ripped. <laughs> but it is funny how, along with like making her a superhero, it also like makes her super sensual. <laughs> Just like plants. Right, right. I am Mother Nature, and the time has. she have a British accent before? It's just like a villain thing. You know? <laughs> oh, right, this guy. <laughs> He's just been doing that this whole time. <laughs> just, someone listen to me! <laughs> I like that his mask is just like a, like a professional wrestling mask. Yeah, it's like a luchador. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every line of dialogue is a pun about cold or ice. People, I mean, people talk about how things used to be better in the 90s, which, which is mostly bullshit, except that villain layers used to be way better. Sure. But well, also his lair is, is just the freezer of an ice cream store. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Oh, intricate network of satellites surrounding Earth. How could this possibly go wrong? Right. George George Clooney is very unbelievable as someone who ever stumbles with his words. <laughs> very nice. Something for a pun. Very ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we should start writing our own ice pun. Yeah. <laughs> For dinner, I would like chicken and ice. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I, I feel like they could have further sexualized Batman's costume by having, like, ears that point up. <laughs> and just, like, she comes into the room and his ears go boing. <laughs> I really love that idea. Or his nipples just get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I mean, or we could keep making plant I see you around. <laughs> That's good, I like that. Yeah, the indecipherable speaking of fate is something they definitely continue. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, I'm glad Arkham Asylum's making an appearance. Yeah. Yes, it's so cool. Allow me to break the ice. <laughs> My name is it's always good. 
talk about a cold reception. Yes. Turbo. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? 90s villain uh, dwellings. Yeah. yeah. So good. <laughs> My lungs are freezing. <laughs> Excellent self-diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for that guy. Where were those guys when he was in jail? Like if there's like, someone to lead them. Were they on like henchman unemployment? Like... <laughs> I'll just want a vacation. No, they go back to working at the like the villain supply store. <laughs> Where do you think they get the you got that gun from? <laughs> this is when you say it. Nice to meet you. <laughs> well, at least there's no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's no double standard. Yeah, if, if you show... If you zoom in on George Clooney's nipple suit, you can zoom in on her nipple suit. <laughs> feminine wiles to get what you want, trading on your looks? Read a book, sister. That passive-aggressive number went out long ago. Chicks like you give women a bad name. <laughs> Oof, that, was, that was a little too on the nose. Yeah. yeah. A little, uh, 1990s feminism. Hollywood feminism, excuse me. Yeah. See, even their masks are cooler than Bane's mask. Because Bane is like a terrible villain. Yeah. That's why you should never make an entire movie where <laughs> Bane is the villain. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. This is a little bit of an icebreaker. Frozen. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> Are you humming Let It Go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I started that. <laughs> obvious why there was not another one of these like I just like I think the name alone would just provide so many problems Batman and Robin and Batgirl <laughs> is this another what? movie with its own theme songs Smashing Pumpkins this for some reason uh, the Smashing Pumpkins song didn't catch on quite <laughs> the way that uh, Kiss from a Rose did <laughs> Wow. R. Kelly? R. Kelly? Wait, is that what we're listening to right now? Yes. Oh my god. Gotham is not the city of love and peace. Yeah. Well, what a movie. What a film. I... I've got chills! <laughs> oh. uh, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> I'm just glad, honestly, I'm glad that the movie ended on such a high note with that R. Kelly song. <laughs>
I really feel like it capped everything off. Yeah, I feel, I feel very uplifted. It, a song that we just looked up uh, charted in the top ten in the United States when the film came out. But I don't know if that compares with the fact that the Smashing Pumpkins song won a Grammy while simultaneously winning a Razzie. Yeah, it's, it's a, the 90s were weird. <laughs> it was a weird time. I think we've already come to that conclusion. <clears throat> um, so, so clearly this movie is so different from the superhero movies that we're now used to or used to having being forced at us. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I think that's the best way to place to start. It's yeah, just like, totally. Like, you know, what what is this movie like, and how is it? Sure. Different. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I think we said this, but the the main reason for that is because it is so campy and over the top and bombastic and cartoonish, maybe cartoonish, mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of I think a lot of Critics pointed at that as a problem with the movie and as part of one of the main reasons why they didn't like it. Um, and they weren't wrong that it is all of those things. I, I mean, I, then I guess the question becomes, like, is it a problem that it was that? Or is it great in the way that Joel Schumacher kind of imagined it as, like, a callback to early Batman cartoons? I don't know if there's much to say about this, but like, I probably what the most famous thing from this movie is the fact that the bat suit has nipples on it. Right. Okay. We should let's get the nipple thing out of the way. Yeah. yeah I yeah, almost yeah. feel like that's enough said. I don't know. Like, I feel like we could get into a long thing about the the sexual politics of the late '90s and the the possible homoeroticism of this film coming from Joel Schumacher, who is openly gay. Uh, I just, I don't know, that sounds exhausting, and I think other people have probably said it better and smarter than us, and are probably in a better position to talk about it than us. But if you are interested in that, I'm sure there are some great think pieces out there. Yes. And some very interesting YouTube clips. (laughs) (laughs) But don't just Google nipple suit like I did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I agree, I don't feel like we're yeah, out of place to talk about I agree, that. I agree. I just, want, I just feel like we couldn't not mention this. No, yeah, I, I think so, because it's literally people People go, Batman and Robin, oh yeah, the one with the nipples. Yeah. Right. I've literally heard somebody say that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what about the ice puns? <laughs> yeah. Aside from the nipples, I it, I really loved the, the production design of the film. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it just kind of feels actually like this movie, all of the departments kind of just were given free reign to do kind of just whatever they wanted to do in their department to make it as crazy and campy and, and weird as possible. They definitely, with the lighting too, there's a lot of really interesting effects tried. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. The lighting in general is just awesome. I love the lighting. It's just like pools of neon lights and like every character had their own color. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger was blue and Uma Thurman was green and how about the the like gang of punks that Uma Thurman kicks out of her oh my eventual God. layer? Like, neon punks. Just, yeah, just like black, like black light, light, neon, neon. colors <laughs> on them. It was crazy. I love that. Um, so if it if it wasn't obvious already, none of us, I think it's safe to say, were really bothered by the camp. And in fact, I think we kind of really love that about the movie. So it's very cartoony in a way that I found very very enjoyable. Yeah, and, absolutely. And yeah. 
Sam's nodding and Chris, Chris oh Chris I'm is nodding too. Nodding. Okay, great. So are we gonna vote? <laughs> and all right, so what do we think? <laughs> well, but so what I think is interesting then is to figure out why we can love this movie so much, but critics and the populace hated it so much in the late nineties. What do you guys do you guys have immediate thoughts about that? Yeah, let's, let's do it. As much as I enjoyed the film, I think part of it is that we're sort of looking through rose-tinted glasses. Uh, I loved comic books and comic book movies, but I have spent the last ten years watching deadly serious, over-the-top superhero movies. And watching, you know, re-watching any of the 90s Batman films just feels like such a pleasant relief. Part, so part of at least what my thinking was about why this camp was received so poorly is that it kind of was the one movie that either pushed the camp too far or it was like one too many campy movies. And so it sort of was like over the, over the course of the four Batman movies in the late 80s into the 90s, sort of like it sort of feels like the camp increased and sort of ramped up to this movie, especially between the Joel Schumacher, two Joel Schumacher movies. Um, and it was, so it's sort of like this one was, this one was too much. People were, were ready to be done with camp. I mean, I guess, I guess what it, what we're seeing is that the studios saw what was happening and responded to this film and later superhero movies that came afterwards definitely moved as far away as possible, uh, especially with the Nolan movies. Yeah. I worry about... Uh, I don't know if I necessarily would, would say that they saw what happened with this movie and as a result specifically were like, okay, look at how bad Batman, uh, Batman and Robin was. Let's make Spider-Man instead. I think it was maybe more that this was like a sign of the trend in movies reaching its pinnacle. I don't know. I, I mean, I think the canceling of Batman 5 is like a very strong example of them taking a second, stepping back and reassessing. And they're like, clearly... This isn't something that audiences want. Like, they don't want this sort of cartoonish violence. Like, Batman Beyond was coming out soon, too. Yeah. And so they were just like, okay, we'll leave this for the animated series, and, and let's refocus our brand. And Marvel, in some ways, did the same thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, because they had X-Men. Is that what you yeah. yeah, right. And it's not like, you know, it's not like they immediately decided superhero movies shouldn't be fun anymore. It was just Christopher Nolan who decided that. <laughs> the only thing, only thing I'm going to say, and I probably shouldn't say it, because it's going to get us into a weird tangent, but one thing is that when did kind of the Batman graphic novels start happening? Because I feel like that actually was a huge thing that darkened things as well. Oh, and I feel like, like people with just Frank started Miller. To, yeah, they just started to draw from different source material. And so it's like the people who read those growing up are now creative heads at DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <coughs> you know, I, I mean, this is also, like, this is a very, like, uh, teleological way to, That's true. to see the history of mm-hmm, the superhero mm-hmm. movie. Sure. But I, it's, I feel like it's hard not to, because it, it definitely, it seems like the, the rise of, the success of the early Batman movies and then their sort of precipitous drop-off influenced the way superhero movies are made today. Well, I definitely, I definitely feel like we've, we've chosen to overlook the problems in story and character relations in terms of the story is pretty flimsy and the, 
the plot to freeze Gotham using satellites and diamonds doesn't objectively really make much sense or seem that relevant to the story. And same thing goes with, with character relations and the sort of... Those are, those are all things that, like I said, we sort of... I feel like we like kind of overlooked as yeah. maybe not the point. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, that in some ways, the film gets a, a, a pass on these things because, like, a, like a film as lighthearted and cartoonish as this, mm. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't necessarily need <coughs> very strong character relationships. Sure. And I think that's what we all felt. Is like the reason. The reason why we haven't criticized the film for it is like it quickly becomes such a minor part of the film. But, and this relates also like to the critical reception at the time is that we went in knowing that it was going to be both campy and also not have a great story. And so you sort of are prepared for that <clears throat> and you know it, you know why you're watching it. Like you're like, oh, if I'm going to watch this to be entertained, it's because of the costumes and the, and the look of it and the craziness. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be engaged and emotionally compelled. I don't know. There's, there's elements of nostalgia there too. And there's, there's basically... This film was a perfect storm for us all to like it, <laughs> and especially having just seen. I don't know. I I can't. I clearly I have a problem. Like I, I feel like I have. I should talk to a therapist about this. Like I can't stop talking and thinking about Batman vs Superman. I may just have some repressed fear of <laughs> bald Jesse Eisenberg or right. something. <laughs> so let's let's we should we should take a second to just focus in on Batman vs Superman. Because I want to take a second and be incredibly unfair to Batman vs Superman and talk about what an awful, terrible, shitty movie it is and how much I despised every moment in the theater watching that film. It's, it's a Zack Snyder movie, so you know exactly what you're going to expect. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's overwrought, it's over the top, but also just deadly, deadly serious mm-hmm. while dealing with things that are kind of silly. Right. Because at its core, it's a movie about people in capes fighting. But, right. But boy, does it want you to think it's about more than that. <laughs> it's about humanity and free will. Friendship? And, and, <laughs> I don't know. And society and fascism mm-hmm. and the uh, role... Capitalism. And, and yeah, and, and the government... And Ben Affleck's chin. <laughs> Chris, feel free to pitch in at any point. I feel like you could you could say things equally as valid having not seen the movie. Yeah, that's probably true. Especially about Ben Affleck's chin. Mm. I mean, basically the thing is, Batman for Superman is in many ways everything Batman and Robin is not. Like, they're, right. they're about as polar opposites as you could be within the same film franchise. Like, Films that have the same characters and yet are so completely different in terms of the look and style, the villains, the the way that even having like superpowers is addressed. Totally, um, but the humor or lack thereof, <laughs> right. the number of Smashing Pumpkins songs <laughs> actually might be the same. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> that seems like. But a the thing number that... of R. Kelly songs. Yeah, this, uh, yeah. yeah. Zack Snyder definitely does not like R. Kelly. <laughs> He, he probably loves Smashing Pumpkins. Actually, Zack Snyder's probably the kind of guy who loves Billy Corgan's solo work. Uh. <laughs> well, it's funny that you, you point out how... I, I think it's 
really interesting that you point out how polar opposite they are because in a lot of ways I feel like there are parallels between the way that the two movies were, were received critically. Because um, both of them were criticized for being too something. So it's Batman versus Superman is too serious and Batman versus Batman. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> and Batman and Robin is too campy. And it feels like it's as much about the movie itself as it is about when it came out and what came before it and what came around it. Do, does that, do you guys agree with that? Do you I, have thoughts I about like it? that parallel. Okay. I see that parallel for sure. And it, it's even like going back to what you were just talking about, Batman versus Superman dealing with these large issues super seriously. It's the same thing of, of how Batman and Robin kind of has these like large issues but doesn't really pay them much mind and they focus more on the campy fights and and whatnot. And so because of those parallels, um, we it does it does sort of seem like Batman and Robin was part of the reason, if not one of the main reasons, why campy superhero movies kind of died out and then a few years later we saw the beginning of what with Spider Man of what was probably beginning of serious superhero movies. So I, I wonder if Batman versus Superman could be the beginning of the end for over-serious superhero movies and whether we're sort of back, like, have reached a pinnacle and are now coming back down the slope of camp, the, the camp. The snowy the camp. hill. <laughs> we're sledding down the snowy hill back into camp. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's always... It's, it's easy to see things on us more of like polar opposites as like some kind of a matrix, but it, it definitely is just more of like a gradual sliding scale where, I, you know, they, you, push, you push a genre in one direction and, or for too long and then audiences or, you know, the money pushes back mm-hmm. and then you kind of, you know, in some ways you respond to this so you dial it back a little bit. Right. It's mm-hmm. like this, the, the next Superman, Batman, Justice League film will be like a little bit less serious and right. like stop trying to like quite so overtly tackle like capital letter issues right. in a, in an inane way. So now that we've spent the last little bit talking about how much we love Batman and Robin and hated Batman vs Superman, let's get to the sort of uh, perfunctory voting <laughs> of does it suck? Stefan, does it suck? Chris, does it uh, suck? No. Sam, does it suck? All right, no. <laughs> Well, all right, like, have a good night, guys. <laughs> it does not suck. I don't. Yeah, I just really like that movie. It's a lot of fun, and that's all it really ever needed to be, and that's what it was. Well, I I'll amend that and say, I don't think that's what people wanted it to be in 1997, which is right. why they didn't like it. But now that we have all these serious superhero movies, it is all I want it to be. Yeah, and right. so I love it. I, yeah, time, I, time has been much kinder to this movie than some of the other movies we've seen, which is I think is interesting, especially for the amount of special effects that have been in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this movie holds up really well in a lot of different aspects. Batman and Robin does not suck. Put it in the record books. And, and so now, as we go off into superhero season, uh, Captain, Captain America has just come out. We've got... I don't know, Suicide five, six, squad, a oh, dozen superhero movies whatever. coming out this yeah. summer. It, Plenty. <sighs> we're now officially warmed up and ready for the summer blockbuster season. 
which is now nothing but superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that's a topic for another episode. <laughs> or none. None episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing every single superhero, bad superhero movie. Both Hulks, uh, Blade 3, um, Elektra, Daredevil, <laughs> any of the Fantastic Four movies, uh, um, Green Lantern. Yeah. Superman, uh, sorry, Man of Steel. Christopher Reeve Superman movies after two. Guys, are you are you enjoying this? <laughs> <laughs> feel free to feel free to, to <coughs> add your own. Here's a, here's a blank space in the podcast for you to, to say your your favorite bad. Wherever you are movies. on the subway in your apartment, just start shouting out whatever bad. Here, everyone movies. together, Superman returns. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, all right. You got any more puns for us, Sam? I think it's time to go. Um, no, I think that's, that's all we've got for this episode. Uh, you know, we follow us on Facebook, we have a SoundCloud, we have an iTunes, but that's about it for tonight. Uh, thanks for listening. Have an ice day. I see you later. It's Snover. <laughs> the <All right>. podcast <laughs> is, uh... That was definitely the worst. I the lost. best part about this podcast is it's freeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs>